Good morning, everyone. This is William Brooks. You have found Essential Questions for Educators, EQ4E podcast on Spotify. I also have a blog at EssentialQuestionsForEducators.com if you're interested in the written word. Um, This is part two, part two of three. So we're right in the middle of what I call Systems of Accountability. Part one, if you can go back and check that out if you haven't yet, it kind of sets up why we need systems of accountability. And I guess we don't really answer that until the very end, but I start out with uh, some some stories about being confronted with a situation where I'm like, oh boy, okay, I, I, I definitely need to learn, learn more about accountability. So uh, this is part two. I introduce the three phases of phasing in systems of accountability, and I go over the first phase, which is institutional accountability, which, by the way, after re-listening to it, if you hear me describe systems of accountability at the institution level and you're a teacher or the member of a committee or and you're like, oh, oh you know, I, I wish we had that s- institutional system of accountability, it's not absolutely 100% necessary, but it definitely, I think as you hear me describe it, helps. And then we start to get into the phase two, which is the small group accountability. Uh, But I'm going to go ahead and get out of my own way and start this podcast. All right, here we go. Part two. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast or follow my blog and, you know, share it, do all the things. All right. Thanks, guys. Here's part two. She's like, okay, well, I think we need to talk to you about systems of accountability. And I was like, okay, what, <laughs> Robin, I, I understand accountability, but what's, what, what are systems of accountability? And she's like, well, have you ever done a protocol? I was like, well, yeah, I've done a protocol. And she's like, well, let me paint a picture for you. And she's like, okay, so five teachers or, you know, you have a group of 20. So everyone brings in a lesson design that they're going to do based on what you guys have been talking about recently. Like maybe you want to put more vocabulary into it. Maybe you want more engagement. It doesn't matter what it is. But they're to bring an example of that, an artifact, if you will, into the meeting. And then they get in groups of four and they present it to the other three people. And there's a structured way to have a conversation about what they've designed. They get feedback. They get to give feedback to three other people. And then you wrap it up at the end. But, you know, you got to teach them the protocol. You got to go through that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Robin, that's amazing. I'm, oh, I'm going to bring that up to them immediately and I think in two weeks we could be ready to do uh, what did you call it a tuning protocol and she's like yeah she's like but hold on (laughs) hold on I'm describing to you a system of an example of a system of accountability that is very personal I mean that hits home if you all of a sudden are in these houses and you are with 19 other people and you're the leader and all of a sudden you know you have to bring in something that you designed to have a She's like, people, there will be plenty of people who will be into that. And she's like, when I say plenty, maybe 10 to 20 percent, 10 to 20 percent will be like, heck no, I'm doing that. What are you talking about? That's that, now why are we doing this? And then the people in the middle will be just waiting to see what you do and what you say about the situation. She's like, I what I just described to you is what you're going to get to next year. And it was like. August. I was like, Robin, next year? That was amazing. She's like, just trust me. Trust me when I tell you, you've got to build systems of accountability in slowly. I was like, all right. So 
we went through our process, and after we went through our process, I was thinking about it, I, and, and I'm, I'm talking systems of accountability process, and I, I realized there were three phases involved with this. The first phase is what are you doing with systems of accountability at an institution level? And I don't necessarily mean the entire school district, I'm talking about the school itself. Not just the 20 teachers in that group, or if you split into smaller groups, that little group. I'm talking, what do you do, or what's the culture, what's the feel like at the school leadership level? Second phase is then you get to the group level but you're not to the third phase yet, which is the personal level. That, okay, I'm gonna bring in a lesson in, I, I'm gonna bring a lesson in and I want feedback on my baby. <laughs> Basically, what I put my, my mind into before you get feedback on that. I mean, because that can be kind of tough, you know, the first time you do that. And that, that was Robin's point to me. So um, in my blog posts, I, I go in these, into these kind of in some detail, but I wanna talk about each one a little bit and then we'll wrap this up and put a bow on it. The first phase, what I like to call, is that institutional phase. It's, and, and it has some prerequisites, like there needs to be some leadership, uh, heck, the head principal, some vulnerability, some trust that's built. The ability for the leader to say, hey, you know, I used to think uh, fill in the blank, but now, you know, this thing happened, and so I looked into it, and, and now I think, fill in the blank. So the ability for the leader to say, hey, I used to think this thing, and it ended up not necessarily being wrong, but or it could have been wrong, but not the best way to think about this. So I did a little work, I, you know, I accessed my resources, and now this is the way I'm going to go. It doesn't have to represent a 90 degree or 180 degree change in direction. It could just be a 15 degree adjustment, a 10 degree adjustment. It's just a, just a tweak. But the point is the leader is saying, I am a learner. I am learning. I used to think this. Now I think this. That's just an example of being vulnerable in front of staff. So that prerequisite, that leadership trust, you know, building trust with everyone by, by showing example, by, by being an example, being vulnerable, that is huge. So doing that, running a good ship that is, is, uh, is, is clear on what's going on, is very communicative, things like that, but being vulnerable is pretty huge for that institution. So that's the pre, kind of what I see or what I saw is the prerequisites. Then it's, hey, are you talking to your faculty? Are you surveying them? What do you do with those survey results? <laughs> do you give a survey and then you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know it was like this. Okay, we'll address this, but we're not really going to talk about this, you know, with everyone. No, 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 no. It goes back to that vulnerability piece. As an institutional leader, if you give the survey, share the survey results, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent. That sends a huge message on how you deal with and work through surveys. And that's student surveys, that's parent surveys, that's teacher surveys, staff surveys, whatever the case is, be transparent, be vulnerable. Share not only what the issues are, but celebrate what's amazing, but then also if it's an issue, bring people in, 
get feedback, get their thoughts, be very clear up front, say, hey, you know, I'm ultimately going to be the person that makes this decision. I'm going to decide what to do, but I need some thinking from you guys. So I'm going to come around to departments. I'm going to come around to PLCs. I'm going to come around to teams. Whatever the case is, I want your feedback. I want to talk to you guys. I want to hear you guys discuss this so I can make a final decision. Maybe it's you just want feedback to then, you know, I, 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 I try to avoid votes because then there's winners and losers. If you vote on something as a faculty, which I guess some things, nothing really is coming to mind in this moment, but I'm sure someone could make the case for, all right, we're going we're gonna to vote on this as a faculty, but then there's winners and losers. So I tried to get feedback, have people rate things, have people rank things, and then ultimately make, ultimately make the decision or be vulnerable. Let's say you have a building leadership team. And there's this topic that comes up where a decision needs to be made. Being clear about, okay, BLT, building leadership team, you are going to not only, we're not only going to cuss, fuss, and discuss this topic, you guys are actually going to make this decision. Or I need to hear the cuss and fuss and then discuss, and, and then I am going to make the decision, or the admin team is going to make this decision, but being very clear on the surveys, the conversations, the topics, what's going up, what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. But share what the results are. Again, the good, bad, and the ugly, and everything in between. What about data walks, walkthroughs? I like data walks because you're collecting data as an admin team, a leadership group. But then what do you do with that information? Do you share it? Do you put it out there? Do you bring it to the building leadership team? Do you bring it to PLCs? Do you bring it to grade level teams? Who are you sharing that with? So, uh, I, you know, there have been times where I've taken surveys before and I've gone to my teacher friends and I'm being like, hey, do you remember that survey we took on uh, staff parking? <laughs> did you ever hear about, like, did we get our spot? Like, what, you know, what happened with that? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And then all of a sudden something happens. Uh, you know, a policy is made and we're like, oh, OK, all right, I guess I guess we'll do that. That's just a silly example. But but it's an example nonetheless. How are data walks being used? Hey, they were coming in last week to look to see if we ever had our objective posted on the board. I wonder how we did. I mean, I know I had mine up, but like, how are we doing as a school? Well, how are we doing? How are state test scores? How is our attendance? How, you know, data rooms were a big thing for a while. I love it. You know, it's sometimes it was in the, sometimes you had your own room. Sometimes it was in the copy room. And so data was just put up, school data. But what are we doing? What kind of conversations are we all having on those topics? So the institutional systems of accountability is really kind of just to set the tone. It's not only to do things, like surveys, like data walks, but then what? What are the activities? What are the conversations? What are the decisions? What goes into the decisions after those moments? So that's huge. So that's a brief, very brief view of phase one and some of the activities that are involved in phase one. But essentially, at that, that institutional school level, you're setting up a culture of communication, of vulnerability, of this is how we operate when there's an issue, we kind of come together. And while you may not be making the decision, I'm going to show the issue to you, show you why it's an issue, and I want your feedback. I want your thinking. You're all thinking on that because that sets up phase two beautifully. 
Phase two is at that small group system of accountability level where, I mean, use whatever name you want, whatever your situation is. It could be professional learning communities, what we call PLCs in education. It could be grade level teams. It could be content level teams. It could be a variety of different groups. Build, I mentioned building leadership team. It could be the literacy committee. Whatever small group it is, if you have that institutional level of vulnerability, of trust, of this is how we operate, this is how we work through things, it sets up that small group accountability. So the first thing that is an important piece of uh, small group accountability, yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably going to say this, and many of you are going to be like, well, yeah, um, but guys, I'm, I'm a consultant. I go and a trainer, I go all over the country. And this is not always, these things are not always in place. So they, they need to be said. Number one, if you have a smaller group, you need a group leader. You would think that would be standard operating procedure anytime you did anything. But I have been in schools where there has not been a building leadership team. There's not a principal's advisory council. They're in um, teams but there's no team leader. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, how, I mean, just think about it. If you're with a group of uh, like say middle school, like, okay, a middle school team uh, where you got mostly core teachers, there might be a, uh, an elective or, or, or whatever your middle school calls their elective classes, whether it's, I guess, elementary specials, I've heard exploratory, whatever the case. Uh, okay, I'm going down a rabbit trail there. But anyway, imagine being part of a group like that, and then you're supposed to meet on Thursdays, and it gets to be about Wednesday, and there's no leader. What would happen? Well, you know, maybe no one says anything, and there's no, uh, you know, accountability to the, the, you know, the principal's not checking out who the principal check up with. Um, there's no leader. I guess he or she could try to attend, attend a meeting, but, uh, you know, did you have to turn that in? Who turned it in? There's no leader. So you kind of look at each other and you either ignore it or, hey, do you got anything? Uh, do we need to meet? Are, are we even meeting? Okay. I, okay, let's meet real quick. You, get, you run into that stuff where if you have a leader that is, you know, gone through some type of interview or you know, they're, they're very committed to seeing the thing being done, the, the literacy committee, whatever task force, doesn't matter. A leader is very important. Um, I, I don't think I need to kind of make the case for that over and over, but yeah, have a leader. So that's the first piece in a system of accountability. Yes, yes, please, please have a leader for all things, all things good in the world. Please have a leader and maybe even do some development of that leader slowly over time. This is the end of part two. Part three gets into some other elements of small group systems of accountability and ends with our part three with individual accountability, which is in the context of a small group, but it gets to that more personal stuff. So tune in next week for the last part three of three of systems of accountability.